0: So I asked this first service uh, of how many of you saw the movie uh, Aladdin, either the one in 1992 or this recent one, so you can you raise your hand, see it. good, good, most of you saw that. So uh, it's got a, a lot of, uh, it's a fun movie, it's got a lot of things going on, and uh, uh, you know one of the main characters in both movies is the genie, and so uh, I heard a, a story the other day about a guy uh, out in California, and he was walking on a beautiful beach, and uh, bottle washes up on shore and just for the heck of it he rubs it and boom genie comes out and the genie says "Uh, gotta be honest with you times are tough you don't get three wishes like Aladdin you get one just one and he thought for a while and he goes I want to be I want to be the kind of person I want to be the kind of presence that all women love and adore poof the genie turned him into a chocolate bar (laughs) (laughs) it's pretty good you think about it It's pretty funny. Okay. So here's a few facts about Aladdin. Uh, If you didn't see the movie, especially the first one, 1992, Robin Williams, who was the genie, was genius in that movie. And uh, he played over 40 different movie characters and movie stars. Uh, This is how incredible, you talk about a comedic genius, he would go through a long dialogue, and he was so quick on his feet, he would do 20 different impersonations for that dialogue and then he'd look at the camera and go, pick one, you know, and they'd be like, okay. And so if you watch that movie, if you remember how rapid he's doing all those, it, uh, it is so great. So in 2019, when Will Smith took on the role of the genie, he said, there's no way I can be Robin Williams. I mean, who, nobody can duplicate that. So he put his own spin on it, and you watch the movie, especially you'll notice uh, during the song, Friend Like Me, uh, that it has a little hip-hop flavor, and Will Smith put all of that in from his days of pr- Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. We're going back a ways. And then an, an interesting twist, a uh, difference in the movie, is if you saw that Jasmine in the first movie, her best friend was a tiger, and in the second movie it was a handmaiden. And I think that was D- D- Disney's way of saying, we're trying to make this even a little more relevant. We want you to listen closely to these conversations, and I think that's very interesting. But as I was preparing for this message, I thought, take all of the main characters from the movie and just ask this one thing, what is it they all wanted more than anything else? So even if you didn't see the movie, uh, that's a great question to ask, what is it they all sought? And here's what I think it was, freedom. The genie wanted freedom to live life beyond a cramped bottle. Aladdin wanted freedom to be uh, not labeled a poor, good-for-nothing street rat. Jasmine wanted the freedom to lead, not be bound by tradition. And Jafar, in a weird way, in a negative way, wanted freedom to make his own decisions and choices and to not be held accountable to anyone. See, there's negative freedom too, but the focus is freedom. Priscilla Shire said this about freedom, and I love this, it's on the other side of obedience, there's freedom and victory. Now think about that, that's so true. On the other side of obedience, that's where we find freedom of victory. So let me ask you all a really hard question. Is this morning when you hear the word freedom, what do you need freedom in your life for? For some of you, you came here this morning and you're carrying a lot of baggage. Maybe you're carrying a lot of guilt. And so the freedom you need is you need to know that you are forgiven and you need to know that for some of you freedom means a bad relationship that there's something in your life that is wrong there's a relationship that's dragging you down and deep inside you're like I need freedom and for some of you we don't mention this word enough in church it's the word sin is there something in your life you know deep inside something's wrong something's off And this may be the day that you come to grips with that and say, I need to be free of that. Bill Graham's grandson, which I cannot pronounce his last name, so I'm not going to try. His first name's Tulian, and you'll see the rest of it here, so I'm going to call him Tony T. Uh, This is what he says about freedom. I, I want you to listen carefully. Because Jesus was strong for me, I am free to be weak. Because Jesus won, I'm free to lose. Because Jesus is someone, I'm free to be no one. And because Jesus was extraordinary, I'm free to be ordinary. And because Jesus died for me, I'm free to live for him. So that's what we're going to talk about today. When you think about the word freedom, what are the results of that when you're free in Christ? Well, first of all, we all get second chances. And second of all, we all have a place in the church. So let's think about that. What do I mean by we all get second chances? Well, if you go all the way back in scripture to the very beginning, And you go through the book of Genesis, you'll land on Genesis 3, verses 15 through 17. And here's what you're going to find, is that man has fallen, and man has figured this one absolute truth out. He cannot save himself. He cannot save himself. So God knows from the very beginning, moving forward, that mankind needs a Savior. And so when you go through the Old Testament, you hear the voice of the prophets you hear the voice of King David, and all of them are pointing towards a Savior that's coming. All of them want us to know we desperately need to be saved. We desperately need a second chance. Matter of fact, Isaiah 9:6 says that there would be a Savior, and He would be the Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Prince of Peace. In Psalms 22, David paints this vivid, almost brutal picture of the crucifixion of the Savior, the sacrificial lamb to come. And then just a little over 2,000 years ago, you know the story. We celebrated this little thing called Christmas, which is, is that what it felt like this morning? Uh, first service, as everybody was walking in with the snow, we greeted everybody with Merry Christmas. So it just feels like Christmas. <laughs> so here's some good news. You have 339 shopping days left until <laughs> Christmas. And here's even better news. I guarantee this is going to get a hallelujah amen. You ready? Spring is 70 days away. Hallelujah? Yeah. Yeah, let's pray and go home. I mean, it's, that is great news. But there is this second chance message right there when that angel came. And with two very ordinary people, Mary and Joseph communicated that the Savior was coming. The world realized like never before they would get a second chance. That message continued through 12 very ordinary disciples, most of which were fishermen. And that second chance message ended up right in front of a Pharisee who was so confused about his spiritual life, and his name was Nicodemus. And Jesus said, let me define a second chance this way. You must be what? Born again. And out of that came the most quoted scripture in the world. Matter of fact, let's say it together. For God so loved the world... That he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. I can only quote that in the King James because that's how I heard it when I was a kid. But when you go from that point forward, what's amazing about that message, about a second chance, that second chance was for tax collectors, prostitutes, men, women, Roman officers, beggars, broken people, rich people, poor people, Jews, Jews. Gentiles, everyone was worthy of a second chance. And everyone here today, because of that, has a second chance. And we desperately need a second chance. And then you turn over to Luke 24. It's the greatest second chance story of all time. You know it well. It says the women got up early in the morning on a Sunday and they made their way to the tomb. An angel said, what are you looking for? Why are you looking here for something that has passed away, that has died? He's not here. What is he? He is risen. There it is. The greatest second chance of all time. I love what it says in verses 10 and 11 of Luke 24. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, And others with them who told this of the resurrection of Christ to the apostles. But they did not believe the women because of their words that seemed like nonsense. So I want to just share something about everybody has a place at the table. Everybody has a voice and why that is so important. And I want to just share a conversation. Every once in a while you'll have a conversation in life that can change your perspective almost on the spot. And what's hard about ministers is, believe it or not, sometimes we're a little closed-minded. Did you know that? Yeah, it's true. Yeah, we're a weird club. Okay, so sometimes you get, as you get older, you get kind of set in your ways. So we had this missions trip, and I'm so proud of Sherwood Oaks. Uh, We took three different groups down to um, Moss Point, Mississippi, and we worked with the Church of the Living God. It was an all-black church that was providing so much care for the hurricane victims. So we wanted to bless them. We reroofed their church, the parsonage, many of the homes in the uh, church. And so we got a, a lot of time to spend with the folks there. And I got a chance for about five days with this, this amazing minister. He was in his late 60s. This church had gone through a really hard time, and he was there. It just helped get them back on track, and so much life in him. And one of the things we did, it was over the holiday season, we got to go to a a New Year's Eve service. They pray in New Year's at midnight. They have this amazing celebration. And, boy, the the sermons and the testimonies, both men and women, boy, it was just, man, it was so good. And on the way out, there was a group of deacons, and they pulled me in a room. And I was a little nervous, and they said, uh, we've taken up an offering for your group. And I'm like, no, 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 I can't accept that. And uh, they said, no, no, you have to accept that. Uh, we can't believe you're here to help us when we're uh, going through such a hard time. And I was just so moved as they prayed over me. And uh, I didn't tell the kids about it. I uh, pocketed the money, so it's not a big deal. Anyway, <laughs> that's a lie. That's a lie. I need freedom from that sin. Okay, so, uh, but in the midst of that week, you know, we were roofing and stuff. Uh, I, was, uh, I was in the car with this uh, this beautiful man of God. And uh and I made an observation. I asked him a question. I said, you know, I noticed during the, the service the other night that uh it was both men and women that spoke, and I mean with so much passion and power. And and uh I'm telling you, that really encouraged me. And he's he pulled the car over. And I'm like, this isn't good. <laughs> and so I can't imitate him very well, but he had such an amazing voice. But he looked at me and he goes, My brother. Are you telling me that at your church the women cannot speak? Are you telling me that the greatest message of all time—the resurrection of Jesus Christ, which was brought to us by women—cannot bring that truth in your church? Are you telling me that? And I'm like, no, no, no. I'm not telling you that. No, I'm not saying that at all. Well, I'm telling you, we drove we drove a few more minutes, and I said, "Hey, brother, um, thank you." He goes, for what? And I go, no, just, well, thank you. And Marie and I, we actually have talked about this for years, is that I, I got to be honest. I, I, I said, Marie, sometimes I just sense tension. And she said, John, here's what it is. She says, this, I'm, she's speaking for women. She's right. She said, I think women sometimes just say, I need a voice. I just need to know you're listening. We need a voice. And she's right. You know Why? Because we all need a second chance. We all have a voice. We're all part of the body of Christ. Nobody's greater than anybody else. We desperately need Jesus Christ, and we desperately need each other. See, we are free in Christ in a broken world. And what I love is this is a universal truth, this message of the resurrection of Christ. Now, here's what I mean by universal. It covers all time. It's not bound by time. And it's just as relevant today in Indiana as it is in Africa, as it is in New Zealand, or anywhere else in the world. It is a universal truth. I love that. The message is universal. The message is unstoppable. The only thing that isn't universal and timeless is us. See, our job is to take the message and with our last dying breath share that we love Jesus and pray that somebody else will continue on with that message. That's what happened yesterday when Tom's father passed away. His name's Tom. I guarantee you, Tom was thinking about the faith of his dad, and his dad had invested in him. And now Tom is praying that that message will continue through him for generations to come. That's all of our prayers. That's the power of the message and the power of the messenger. We all have a place at the table. Galatians 3.28 says, There is neither Jew nor Greek, neither slave nor free, nor is there male and female, for you are all one in Christ. Which leads me to the second result of being free in Christ. Galatians 5.1 said, It is for the freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then. Do not let yourselves be burned again by the yoke of slavery. The result of that freedom is knowing Not only do you get a second chance, you have a place in the church. Every one of us here are part of the body of Christ. Every one of us are valuable and need each other. My good friend here, uh, Greg, was telling me about the Kairos ministry. I know some of you have participated in Kairos. What an amazing ministry. And one of the things I love is this principle, and that is that as you meet men and women uh, behind bars, that you don't go home and Google What it is they're in bars for, because it will change your perspective. And I love that. And I think, isn't that actually a great principle for all of us? As we approach everybody, we're not concerned about the baggage they carry, the mistakes they've made, because guess what? I don't know about you. Anybody else have baggage? Because if you're saying, I have no baggage, just gonna be honest, you're lying. We all have things, we all have regrets. We all wish we had do-overs. I guarantee you, even if you look over this last week, isn't there a conversation? Isn't there a moment you wish you had back? Sure there is. But not only do we have second chances, we need to realize we desperately need one another. We all have a place at the table. 1 Corinthians 12, 12-14 says, Just as a body, though one has many parts, all of it, its many parts form one body. So it is with Christ, for we were all baptized by one spirit, so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, we were given one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not up of one part, but of many parts. In that movie, Aladdin, as you get towards the end of the movie, I'm not going to tell you how it ends. But at uh, the end of the movie, it's, it's powerful. there, And you heard just a little clip of the song. Uh, the character Jasmine sings this song called Speechless. And I want you just to just listen to the first part of it. Here comes a wave meant to wash me away, a tide that is taking me under, swallowing sand left with nothing to say. My voice is drowned out in the thunder, but I won't cry and I won't start to crumble whenever they try to shut me or cut me down. I won't be silenced. You can't keep me quiet. I won't tremble when you try it. All I know is I won't go speechless. And I believe that ought to be on everybody's tombstone. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, I'm not going to be speechless. I will carry this message till I draw my last breath. Uh, I know Claudia wouldn't mind me sharing that Pat Uh, Before she slipped away into a coma and went through so much, the last thing she talked about was God and talking to God and heaven. And uh, I, I just know how real that is and how real that message needs to be in all of our lives to the point that even drawing our last breath, it's like I'm not going to be speechless about Jesus Christ. And the impact that's in this room when you realize that that you have this tremendous opportunity to take this message all over the world, that you say deep inside, if you want me to shut up in regards to my love for Jesus Christ, no way. I will speak for him. And then the other part that I love is the character, the genie, is finally, unexpectedly, in both movies, given his freedom. And that's an amazing thing to think about. Can you remember the day that Jesus Christ became so real in your life that you really were free? I know, uh, and there may be some folks that are struggling with this right now, and I guarantee you've had friends that have gone through this, that you don't have to be behind prison bars to be in prison. You can be held in bondage, and you can be uh, your dignity and everything else in your life stripped away. And you can feel as though life has no purpose. And I have an answer for you. And that answer is Jesus Christ. If you need Jesus, even today, you need to know he can set you free. Like you've never been free before. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we're reminded through your word of this message of freedom. All of us need a second chance. All of us need to know that we are one body with many parts. We need each other, and we all have a place at the table. Thank you for loving us so much, for freeing us, because, Lord, that's what true freedom is all about. It's in Christ's name I pray. Amen. So this week, some of you are going to get off Monday. For Martin Luther King Day and um, periodically I'll watch Martin Luther King's speech, the I Have a Dream speech. It was delivered on August 28, 1963 on the steps of the Lincoln Memorial and uh, there were witnesses that were there that day and as uh, Martin Luther King was looking over hundreds of thousands of people and then also uh, through television, who knows how many millions since then have seen that, um, that they said about halfway through the speech they said, he went off script. And uh, the guy that was observing said he went from a communicator to a preacher. And man, did he want the world to know about the hope that he had in God. And you may remember right towards the end of that speech were these words. Free at last. Free at last. Thank God Almighty. We're free